Now, we've just been talking about this, actually. We all know that schooling is uh, looking rather different at the moment, isn't it? Kitchen tables up and down the country turning into classrooms, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. And for some children, it has even led to them making their radio debut. Uh, Radio Blogging is a live show broadcast each morning and has more than 3,000 listeners across Merseyside. I'm glad they're on in the morning and not the afternoon, otherwise I'd be in trouble. Uh, joining me now is head teacher uh, Ian Rocky, who is one of the people behind it, and presenter and storyteller Pi Corbett as well. A very good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good, thank you. Um, Ian, just start by telling us more about radio blogging and where did the idea come from? Uh, well, radio blogging, Paul, came from the idea, the fact that we know straight away when schools locked down, we needed to provide something which children could do on a daily basis that was interactive, it was fun, it was engaging. Uh, and so the five of us got together, so myself and Pi uh, and Russell Prue, who, who controls the radio and, and works the desk, David Mitchell, Deputy Mitchell, who also does the blogging, and John Sutton, who's behind the blogging platform we all got together and put together this idea of radio blogging where children could write they could learn they could develop their literacy skills with pi leading the learning and it's the, the response has been absolutely fabulous ian you didn't say russell crowe then did you no i didn't oh. i'd be flattered he'd be absolutely <laughs> flattered paul no he'd love that and he will love that no it's russell prue <laughs> oh, i was just checking that's what i thought you know this is this is really really gone big very very quickly if you've got russell crowe uh Pi, uh, this sounds like a real good, fun thing to do. Are you enjoying it? It's been fantastic. It's really great to see the children's uh, writing um, growing over time. Um, Even the smallest of things like coming up, generating lots of really interesting ideas. It's got faster and faster and faster because during the show, because it's on the internet, it's on the computer, the children are literally writing on the screen together. So... We have, say, in 10 minutes, we'll have 5,000 words will appear on the screen uh, as they're all furiously writing. We can actually do that uh, because of the computer. So it's a new sort of radio show in that the the listeners are actually joining in. And every day we have them writing on the screen, but also every day we have one or two children who are um, selected because they have recorded... Uh, a piece of uh, writing. So we, we had them taking part in the show. Fantastic fun, really enjoyable. So, so Pi, this is a national thing then, but it's, it's got quite a bit of a following on Merseyside, I believe. It has, yes. Um, well, we, we've, we've reached out to over 120 countries and uh, we've done an American show, an Australian show. Uh, we've had over 150,000 listeners, which is, huge, which is huge. But, of course, Liverpool is the home of poetry, and poetry is one of the things that we do quite a lot of uh, on the show. And, and Liverpool, um, you know, with the Liverpool poets, Brian Patton, Roger McGuff, Adrian Henry, and all the fabulous groups that came out of that, I always see Liverpool. Whenever I go there, I feel I'm returning to the home of poetry so i think it appeals a lot to the folks in your schools yes yeah uh, ian how much of a difference does something like this make to children bear in mind we're all in uncharted territory here really and we're all having to adapt yeah. parents and children when it comes to learning well do you know what paul it's been 
fascinating and, and both brilliant at the same time coming at it from from not just a, a head teacher but also from a parent you know parents are listening every morning educators are listening in school with their critical children every morning and they're taking that first hour to join us and over time we've, we've taken on so many new schools the listener numbers have grown as Pi said you know we've, we've got over 3,000 posts on our blog um, and we've had a really, really big interaction, particularly from all the, the authors and the poets that have taken part in our shows. And because we've had some really big names taking part, we've had some fabulous learning, some wonderful literacy led by Pi. It really has kept the children coming back time and time again. But not only that, as Pi quite rightly says, they've been able to develop their writing week on week on week and it's such a joy to see if i can ask you ian what i mean what's it like and, and what has it been like these last couple of months being a, a head teacher because you've never had to do this before either have you no i haven't paul uh it's been very very interesting and and i've had regular conversations with pi who's actually an ex ex head teacher as well you know and and we've said this is uncharted territory for all of us and you know as of the 20th of march when lockdown was announced and we stopped. I mean, we had literally 48 hours to, to put something in place. And I'm really proud of my staff and, and the team because we pulled something really high quality together very quickly. But since the 20th of March, you know, every single day I've been doing something to support the, the, the children and the community of our school because um, that's, that's how it's worked. You know, it's not a regular Monday to Friday working week. It's almost been like a seven-day week because, you know, we wanted to make sure we've got it right for the children and the families. Pi, what would you say to parents who are maybe worried at the moment that they've not done a very good job at being a teacher? And, and I'll include myself in this, uh, you know, and, and that their child maybe is falling behind when they return to school. What, what would you say to them? I think it's interesting. I think a lot of may is being made of this idea that people are falling behind. I actually think academic learning can always be caught up with. Uh, I really do believe uh, believe that. Um, there are lots of children who perhaps at home aren't necessarily getting what we would wish for. And what would we wish for? Simple things, really, like a bedtime story. Uh, you could go a heck of a long way, I reckon, on a bedtime story, because story gives us language, it gives us ideas, it gives us abstract thought. Story is really important. So it's basic things like bedtime story. But I've seen a lot of interesting things that people have been doing at home, like cooking, for instance. I think that's fabulous. When I went off to university, I didn't know how to boil an egg, for goodness sake. So learning how to cook, I think it's not a bad idea, but cooking, artwork, little bits of gardening, even if it's just getting some seeds, you know, some cress, all of those sorts of things. I think a lot of parents have been doing some interesting things. Obviously, a parent's not going to be able to replicate all of the things that we do in school. But I think we do our best. And I have seen, as I say on the internet, a lot of very interesting things that parents have been up to uh, with their children. And something like radio blocking, it's a comfort. And, uh, and you, you will have it on your own program. Certain people will log in every day at the same time and we've had that and over time we've got to know people some of the kids have been with us through 52 shows i think it is now mm. and it's a comfort we know that because their parents have told us they look forward to it and they say things like oh we've got to get up early now because you know it's ian and pie on the radio and they go and get their notebooks and their pencils and they settle down and it's the same thing each day i, I think that's a fantastically reassuring thing uh, for children. And of course, it takes the pressure a bit off because if you join in with a show like Radio Blocking, ideally kids from about seven through to about 11 or 12, if you join in with that every morning, 7.30, 
um, then we can do the input and all the parents have to do a little bit of encouragement, show some interest, perhaps listen along if you've got time to do that. Um, and that aspect of it, that plus a bedtime story, I tell you, that sorts, that sorts the English bit out. Yeah. Hopefully. I think uh, spelling sorry. will always be caught up with. And, and, and Ian, um, it's, it's a good point, that, isn't it, about the reassurance? I mean, that's kind of how radio mm. works. Pi mentioned about, mm. you know, the, the listeners who get in touch with me on this programme, that I class them as my friends now because I'm in contact with them every yeah. day. That, that's sort of how it works, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely, Paul. No, absolutely. And it's that connection. It's that, it's that tapping in to, to people's home. It, it, you know, it's the well-being element. It's supporting. It's being there. As that, you're absolutely right. That friend at the end of the line who's, who's just talking to them. And I know as a presenter, you know, you'll, you'll be talking you'll be talking to that one person in the room, um, wherever they are across Merseyside. Um, and, you know, and that's what we do with radio blogging on radioblogging.net. You know, we imagine that the, the other end of the line, there's, there's a child there who wants to be engaged, who wants to have some fun, but also do some really, really great literacy at the same time. And the shout outs that we've taken and the, the messages that we've read out, not just, you know, just to say, hi, can you give me a shout out? But also, can you say hello to my friend who I've not seen in X number of weeks? That's been a really, really important part of the shows that we've done is that well-being um, and that, you know, addressing mental health as well. And it's been crucial to the, the, the service we've been providing. And Pai, just before you go, I think, have you got a little quiz for us, I believe? I'm a bit worried about this, but go on. <laughs> well, one of the things we like to do every day, we, uh, Ian and I play two or three games, and then the children uh, listen to us play the games, and then we have a musical interlude, and they play the games. So we thought we would have a go at playing with you the what-if game. So what happens in this is I've written down a series of what-ifs, and then you, I gather, have got some I-woods. Is that right, Paul? I, I was told by my producer, Leanne, to write mm. down five sentences that start with I would. So yep, that's, that's great. That, so that's what I've done. Yeah. OK, brilliant. So I'm going to ask the question. The thing is, you don't know my question, but you've got to read your I would statements. You've got to read them in order. All right. So don't try and make it fit. We'll just see what happens. And Ian, you've got some I woulds, have you? Oh, yes, I have, Pi. OK, so I'll start with Paul. Uh, so, Paul, what if the clock stopped working? I would score a goal at Wembley in the last minute of the FA Cup final. <laughs> Completely ridiculous. OK, I'll give you one, Ian. What if a tiger came to tea? Uh, I'd run faster than a goat. <laughs> you certainly would. But I think the goat's going to get eaten, mate. OK, Paul, what if your family disappeared? I would become the lead singer of Girls Aloud and perform on their sellout tour. <laughs> So you're abandoning your family. It's to outrageous. go, to okay. go be a member of Girls Aloud, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ian, what if you had a pet that suddenly started talking? I'd fry up the leftovers. What? <laughs> I'd fry yeah. up the leftovers. Are you going to eat the pet? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> the rabbit is no more. I'm sure there's laws, there's laws against that, isn't there? Um, <laughs> okay, okay Paul. Yep. Uh, what, if, um, what if you won the lottery? I would buy 55 eggs and cook the world's biggest fry-up. That's not immensely ambitious, is it, in a way? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, not, not really, but you know, it's the, the, the little okay, games. Um, I've got another one for you, um, Ian. What okay. if all the words dropped out of the books and they were completely blank? I would teach a donkey to dance. <laughs> that that okay. sounds perfectly sensible. Uh, go I've on, got, give me a couple of 
a Merseyside one. Okay, Paul, what if Lime Street Station was invaded by rats as big as dogs? I would move into 10 Downing Street and become the Prime Minister for the next 10 years. <laughs> I'd be the most popular man in the country, no doubt. No comment. Okay, one last one. Um, Paul, i got one last one for you. What Go if on. the River Mersey turned to cement? I would watch Sky Sports News 24 hours a day for the rest of my life. There you go. Exactly. There uh, we go. And that was good fun. It's the juxtaposition. And we yeah. do a lot of that sort of thing. Language games, creative games, and the children really, really like it. Those sorts of games, everybody can take part. Everybody can have a bit of a go. So, yeah, radioblogging.net. Um, any of your listeners interested, do join in. We have a lot of adults who just join in. They don't have any children, but they join in for the fun of it um, because it's a comforting, it's a lovely thing to do. Well, Pioneer, and it's been lovely speaking to you. Good luck with it all, and thank you for coming on and telling me about it. Great. Thank you for having us, Paul. Take care. Thank you. BBC Radio Merseyside. Make a difference.